0: Hello, hello, hello. Guys, welcome to another episode of Chaotic Cinema. Thanks for the memories.
1: And nightmares.
0: Yes. I love how when you react, it comes in really late. So it's like, it's extra creepy. Sorry. (laughs) Guys, this is another episode. And this week, it was picked by my sister. And what is the movie? Empire Records. Oh my gosh. And why did you pick this movie?
1: Um because I just remember loving it as a teenager and
0: it's just a great movie that I think everyone should see. Yes, it is. Um, by the way, guys, um, in case we put this in the episode, uh, last night we were recording this episode. Um, we were supposed to do two, uh, but, uh, goddamn mother nature, you know?
1: Yeah. She cut your power off real quick.
0: She did, and our cut the first ten minutes was like pretty fucking good. And I was like, you know what? This is Jesus telling me that he's punishing me.
1: This uh, this is gonna be a lot lo- a lot of low energy for me because I hate my anatomy class.
0: And no, yeah, she's in school. Killing me. And this bitch is trying to educate herself, and she is gonna have a little bit more of a dipped energy. But that's okay because I don't go to school and I don't want to learn anymore. So it's fine. <laughs>
1: so his energy will be top-notch tonight
0: yeah top-notch because all that energy she's wasting on like paying attention to a virtual teacher i'm just like you know what virtual schmeacher you know what i mean oh my god that wasn't good comedy oh my god everyone keeps saying that It's crazy, Um, speaking of which we're just gonna put a PSA in here before we start the video, Um, if anyone follows me on any of my social media and follows my comedy, you will notice that um, there's something out there that we need to talk about, one of my good friends who's done a couple of my shows And he is an Asian comedian, and he just opened for a famous comedian name. I thought you were
1: setting it up for a joke of some kind.
0: No, it's not. This is not a joke. This is the one time in the show that I'll be serious because it's actually speaking about um, things that are going on in the world that uh, aren't being addressed, uh, such as racial issues with people that it's why is race a thing still? I don't know. Um, But uh, this comedian of mine, who is a good friend of mine, he was opening for this comedian who's famous, named Tony Hinchcliffe. And after Peng introduced him to come on stage, he then said, let's give it up for the C word that is offensive to Asian people. Oh my God. Yep, and then he like berated the audience for laughing at his jokes and saying like, you guys are racial traitors. Um, and it was just wild that someone is acting like that and is like, people really liked them. You know what I mean?
1: So was your friend in on this or was he? No, my friend
0: my friend was shocked because um, he was referred to as the C word. So that shocked him. And the audience thought that they laughed at that part because they thought that he was just being very crassly funny. But then after that, when he kept being berating and like making Asian imitations, um, they you could hear the laughter die off and everyone be like, whoa.
1: What's this guy's name again?
0: The, my friend or no, the other one, um, his name is, uh, Oh my God. Tony Hinchcliffe. I don't remember his name because he's racist and I don't care to remember his name. Um, but he said he was famous. Yes. On Instagram, I went and looked at his, uh, most recent Instagram post. And on that post, there are, uh, this, uh story has been retweeted by Eve Six, which is a popular band in the 2000s um, so it's getting a lot of like uh people like looking at it in a lot of national news um and basically- he looks like uh the puppet from Toy Story Four. Jesus, that is a good correlation. But yes, his uh, if you look at his most recent post, there's a lot of people commenting and my favorite comment so far, which I don't agree with people like tearing someone down. But when you say a rude comment that is about race, don't be surprised if a whole bunch of people of that race come and attack you on your page, you know? right
1: and this isn't this isn't that kind of podcast where we're getting political or whatever but i think everyone should stand up against racism especially now it's white
0: people's job to stand up against racism yes it's it's it just it's everyone's job but the thing is is white people have had more privilege and that's a thing that is just it is what it is that is the reality of the situation
1: well it It is everyone's job but i i'm pretty sure that people of color have always stood up against racism but now they need white people to have a voice and support that
0: yeah and stand out against it which is why i'm bringing it up period i don't like to talk about political things because it makes me uncomfortable but this is a friend that was attacked just because of his race which is something i can relate to just by being gay and people seeing me and judging me based on me being a homosexual
1: And if you're listening to this, and this is making you uncomfortable, and you don't like this, and you don't want to listen to this anymore, well, then Then maybe maybe you're part of the problem, and you just we don't want you as a listener anyway. Yes, I mean,
0: if if you're willing to learn from your mistakes, then fine, stay and tune in. But if you are hell bent on that, this is okay for someone to do, then yes, we don't want you to be a part of this. (laughs) Right. And that's okay. Um, But yes, my favorite comment from that was someone said, do us all a favor and don't wake up this morning.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. It's like I normally don't take people like beating up on other people, but you asked for it. And this is your fault that it's happening, you know.
1: Right. He'll just come out and apologize and be like, I should know better. And nobody really has any consequences for their actions anymore, which is why so many people are getting canceled because that's, I think a way of like giving them a consequence, but it never sticks.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's just ridiculous, but we're going to talk about this movie. So empire (laughs) records, here we go. We're going to jump right into it. Um, Lindsay. Uh, When we were filming this yesterday, me and Lindsay, as I was explaining the movie like I always do, um, she was bewildered by facts that I was bringing up in the movie. And I realized why that is. Why is that? It's because before this, while this movie was being filmed and being made, um, the studio was shooting for an R-rated filming of this so the version I saw was an R, was the uncut R-rated version that had 40 extra minutes of footage in it. And the version everyone else saw is the version that the studio ended up putting out because they wanted to dumb it down and make it PG-13.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't think... It's one of my favorite movies. So when you started saying scenes that I don't remember, I thought, am I going crazy? Do I really like this movie that much? I didn't remember all of this stuff. But that is why, because I didn't see that R-rated.
0: The R-rated version. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, is that I'll be explaining the movie in its R-rated form. Lindsay will uh, point out when she doesn't remember scenes. So that way we can let you guys know what it is when you guys watch just the regular version, you know? Yep, I'm going to keep it PG-13. She's going to jump in and be like, bitch, that never happened. And I'm going to be like, okay, (laughs) you didn't pay for the extras, you know? When she is. You're a liar, just like Lucas. Okay, so now when this movie opens, it shoots lucas at nighttime in the empire records store and he is super excited because he gets to close okay now this is a bonus scene that wasn't in the original uh renee zellweger comes in to find joe who is the owner of empire records okay um just to check out for the night and she notices that lucas is there and he is in the office instead of joe and she's like what are you doing here he's like i'm closing tonight and she's like you know that's a lot of responsibility um, you know, that <laughs> you got to pay attention. Um, and he's like, I promise I have this. Now, fun fact. He doesn't. While this, while this movie was being filmed, um, they dated. Lucas, the the role to Lucas was offered to him and he heard from his um, agent that there were still girl roles available. So he told his, at the time, girlfriend, Renee Zellweger, to reach out.
1: Yeah, and they met on Dazed and Confused.
0: Which is such a good movie. He played the stoner, and she played, like, she wasn't enough appreciated in that movie, I think.
1: Yeah, because I don't remember Renee Zellweger in Dazed and Confused. I remember Parker Posey.
0: No, Renee Zellweger's biggest scene in Dazed and Confused is when she's sitting in the truck with Parker Posey and one of the other girls, and Parker's, like, trying to get her to tell them what the other girls that she's friends with are saying about them. And Renee's like, no, I, I don't want to tell you. And she keeps pushing her and she's like, we don't care, It's we don't care, it doesn't matter. And she's like, okay, they called you Parker a bitch and they called the other girl a slut. And the other girl's like, they called me a slut? What? And all the girls are laughing and she's like, that's not funny, they called me a slut? And she's like, you said you wouldn't get mad. <laughs> That's like her known scene.
1: That's in Dazed and Confused, though. We're talking about Empire Records. We're going to confuse the
0: fuck out of people. We are, but pay attention, guys. Just pay attention. Follow a storyline. Okay, so at this point, uh, Renee Zellweger leaves the office and Lucas is counting the money and it cuts to a scene where the, it's a bonus scene as well, where this the shop is closed, but a lady who's like middle-aged is knocking on the door. Apparently she just got in a fight with her husband and uh, she comes in to buy a record to like soothe her soul, I guess.
1: I'm laughing because this bonus information could be left out of this podcast. As well. no, we
0: need to leave it in <laughs> if we're going to cover everything. Um, and so basically, the scene ends with her saying a line that is this isn't an exact quote, but she's like, When is the right time in your life to make like a gamble or make a decision? And he, then it cuts to him going to Atlantic City and gambling the nine thousand one hundred and four dollars on a crafts table. Yes.
1: Which Smart decision.
0: No, yeah, exactly. If you're not familiar with craps, it basically, you put all your money on one number and then you roll the dice and it has to be seven on that number in order for your money to double.
1: Yeah, and this is why I would never gamble because I would just stop after I won like 25
0: cents and be like, okay, I'm up. No, yeah. My dad had a horrible uh, like history with gambling. Uh, wow. and shame he, her. No, and he is learned from his mistakes, which is that's what life is trying to figure out what you did wrong and making it right. And I appreciate him for that. But this movie, he gambles it and gets a seven on the table. So he doubles his money to $18,000, okay? And he says, let it ride, which means he doesn't move his money that is bet on the number that he was betting. And so the odds of that happening again and getting a seven is like slim to none, but he was riding high, you know? And then? And then- He was riding low. Then he was riding low. And the girl next to him who was like uh, blowing on his dice was like, oh, you aren't as cute as you were just a minute ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah, what a cunt, okay? <laughs> like, ugh, <laughs> I can't. Um, I After this, it cuts to a scene where Lucas is uh, woken up laying on his motorcycle outside of Empire Records. Okay. And this is where Mark and the hot guy come in. AJ, AJ is a hot guy. He's hot now. He is like such an upgrade. Have you seen the Disney movie Brink? No, it's it's about roller skating. And the lead guy in that movie was really handsome to me. But this guy is an upgrade. Okay, he is so hot.
1: What do they have to do with each other?
0: Why would you compare him to the
1: lead guy in Brink? Brink.
0: Lindsay, after this episode is done filming, go look both of them up and their hairstyle is the exact same. Okay. Okay, more research. Um, Okay, so when they wake him up, AJ and Mark, they wake him up and they're like, what are you doing? And they knew he closed the store last night. And this is where he has like an empty bucket of coins on the front of his bike. And they can see he went to Atlantic City. And this is where they find out that he basically gambled all the money away.
1: This was also not in the
0: PG-13 version. Well, I'm telling you, bonus features. Because
1: when he walks in the the room later, he has coins in that bucket.
0: No, he does. He does have coins. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it was empty. He has coins in there. I'm really sorry about that. But uh, chaotic. But the whole cinema, the whole point of this scene is that all of the (laughs) other employees hear about the fact that he has gambled all this money away before Joe has. That's the whole point. Everyone knows about it before he does.
1: Well, and that was always something I questioned in the original was how did everyone know?
0: like when mark and aj
1: came in they knew what because lucas
0: because of that deleted scene right i told them yeah yeah um but because they wanted a pg-13 rating they pushed that story lucas what a fucking
1: idiot like i remember when i was a teenager watching it i thought he was like oh that's funny haha he gambled it away and now i'm like what the fuck i would have beat his ass too
0: no, I would have for sure. And the thing is, is that um, Lucas's character was initially supposed to be played by um, Toby Maguire. And the, he auditioned and was up for the role of Lucas and Mark, but he didn't do the movie after a couple of rehearsals because he wanted to focus on screenwriting. I, I have a different information about Toby Maguire in this movie. He was also a minor part, but after he turned down that part one of those two parts. He was Andre, but they cut okay. that scene from the movie. Is that what you're gonna say? Yes, I was. Yes, and they How also- was he
1: up for- how was he going to
0: play three different parts of the movie? No, he was up for Mark and Lucas. Oh, well,
1: I'm glad he didn't get it. I hate Toby Maguire. Yeah, he turned Sorry. both
0: he turned both those parts down because he wanted to be focused on screenwriting.
1: I mean he got popular after that, so
0: Yeah, in a role that was Spider-Man that had nothing to do with screenwriting. Wild.
1: So what? No, I know.
0: I know, I'm just saying. I'm happy he wasn't in this movie too because I feel like the people they cast were like perfect for their parts. Now, at this point, you see a house exterior shot where uh, Renee Zellweger is driving a car and she's waiting for Liv Tyler, who is Corey in this movie, to come out. And she has all these cupcakes, because she hasn't slept all night. And you'll find out later why she hasn't slept all night. Um, And she's found time to make this because she is in love with Rex Manning, okay? And she is a virgin and is planning on throwing herself at Rex Manning because it's Rex Manning Day at Empire Records.
1: And Rex Manning is like a Tom Jones type character in this movie
0: yes he is he actually um the the music video for rex manning's uh song say no more yep the production crew had so much fun filming it that there is a fully like produced long version of the video on youtube if you look it up
1: yeah it's kind of like the tiger king
0: yes and just so you guys know um Rex Manning, his, uh, you know, the ballerina in the movie that Mark kisses her feet. Mm -hmm. That is Rex Manning's stepdaughter in real life. Fun. Did you know that? Do you know his name in real life? It's not Um, Rex Manning. Yeah, but I forgot what it was. Did you? Maxwell Caulfield. Okay. So perfect. Um, Rex (laughs) Manning. (laughs) Um, Yes. And so um, after uh, Renee picks Corey up from her house, they're driving and uh, Renee Zellweger. This is another edited scene. She gives Corey her red bra because it's good luck. Right. And that's the bra that Corey is wearing later in the movie. Right.
1: Can we talk about how gorgeous Liv Tyler is?
0: Can we talk about how awkward it is? The fact that they cast her in this movie because she had a lot of buzz from the crazy video from Aerosmith. And in that video, she is the love interest for her own father's band. Uh, Weird. I don't think she's the love interest for her father. No, for the band. Like she's a love interest in the everybody loves her. No, in the video.
1: She's a video girl. Alicia Silverstones was a was a video girl with No, her. I know, but to I have a video understand.
0: girl, to have a video girl telling the story as the love interest in your own father's video is weird.
1: I don't see it as weird. Now, I don't I didn't see it as weird then. It wasn't like
0: it was showing scenes with him. It wasn't but it the song is her as the love interest and he's speaking the words as the lead singer so it's weird. You it's only weird cuz you're making it weird. No, they made it weird because he cast his daughter. Okay, that's weird. That is weird. It's beautiful. It's- So at this point in the movie, this is where Renee and Liv arrive at Empire Records, and they find out from AJ before they enter that uh, Lucas has gambled all the money away. And right. so they're trying to tell them to, like, tone it down when you go in and see Joe. And so when they go in, they're like, hey, Joe, how you doing? And it's very much like uh, pointing out that all the awkwardness of the situation. Right. And so I love that about it. Then as they're walking into the back, you see a, this is also a deleted scene. You see a, uh, like a storage unit that has like graffiti all over it. And they yell Burko's name and he opens it. And then you find out he's been living in there. He's been sleeping in the fucking extra unit. I mean, he's got, he's got to live someplace. As it was being filmed, Liv Tyler is his stepdaughter in real life.
1: It's a family affair.
0: It is. That's exactly what they said on the video I was watching. They said well,
1: Nick really did his
0: research for this. I really 30 did. 30 minutes
1: before we started. <laughs>
0: Well, no. Okay. So I knew I had downtime and it just turns out that like 30 minutes, I found out 20 facts that I never would have researched before because normally when we walk into these, I'm just explaining the movie just as a person who's just seen it. Um, and Lindsay's the one who jumps in and is like, Hey, this is actually.
1: Yeah. But you're beating me to the (laughs) jump every time. Um And why is it that we always pick movies that don't do well in theaters? That have like a cult following years later. We always have movies like that.
0: I don't know how. I don't know how that happened. But I will tell you that the inspiration, the writer who is writing this movie in 1994, she had the premise of this movie and it was originally supposed to be pitched as like a musical movie, like high school musical, but like grunge. Gross. Yeah, that's what the studio wanted. But the writers wanted to keep the R rating and they had inspiration for this movie because of the alternative rock scene that was like booming at the time. Like bands like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden were like very popular. Right. And so they paired with A&M Records because at this time... Uh, The movie, The Bodyguard, the soundtrack had made way more money than the movie had actually made. And so they were trying to do that again with this movie by catering and picking A&M Records to come in and building a soundtrack with only their artists on it so they could use it to like promote the movie.
1: And it worked because the soundtrack did way better than the movie did.
0: Yes. And AM's uh artist uh their name is Gin Blossom. Their song, uh, Till I Hear It From You is like the lead uh You don't know who the Gin Blossoms are? No, Lindsay.
1: They were pretty popular around that time, Nick.
0: Because of this movie. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> No, yes, their title track, Till I Hear It From You, is like the main song in the movie. That's like what the... Although
1: I really love Sugar High.
0: Sugar High was recorded for the movie, but on the soundtrack... um, It's not the same. You don't get Renee Zellweger doing Mm -hmm. the background vocals or anything.
1: I just listened to it beforehand.
0: Yeah, it is not good. Um, But the thing (laughs) is... is um, as they're all coming in and all the, uh, you're getting to meet all the cast at this time. Um, at some point you get to see Robin Tooney walk in and she has hair at this point And she rides, uh, she rides up to the shop on a Speedo or a Speedo. Is that what it's <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, a Vespa. She rides up on a Vespa, and she has hair. Okay. Um. And when she walks in, uh, Liv Tyler and Renee Zellweger are at the cashier stand, and she walks in, and they say hi to her, and then she just puts her middle finger up and flips them off. Um. And Liv Tyler is really offended by this because she's super sensitive.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say she doesn't like either one of the girls, but like Renee Zellweger's character doesn't care.
0: Doesn't And give Liv a
1: Tyler's cares so deeply.
0: Cares so deeply. So after this, when she walks in, she immediately goes into the break room, sees all the boys that are in there because Lucas cannot leave from the couch. Joe told him he's not allowed to move from the leopard print couch, which I want one of those. And AJ is gluing quarters to the floor. Yes, because when... Uh, Lucas came in, he had Atlantic City like a bucket in his hand with the coins in it. And when Joe found out that he had gambled away all the money, he hid it out of his hand. And AJ wanted to symbolize the art that happened in that moment. Right. Because he's an artist. Yes. A bleeding heart artist. Um, And at this point, um, you get to see she walks into the bathroom and she does a scene in the movie that was not originally scripted. Um, now the thing is, is that the production team and the studio did not like Robin Tooney as that character. They thought that she was too pretty and too happy looking to be depressed. And which I don't agree with. Yeah, she looks very, like, angry all the time. Impressed, yeah. Yes. And so they, in order for her to keep her job, she suggested that they add a scene where she shaves her head, okay? Um, And to prove that she was serious about the role. Right. And so she had to film the craft two months after this, and the craft didn't know that she had to have a wig because that was not in the original situation, you know? Yes. I, I do know. She does know. She does know. I love that about you. Um okay, so at this point you realize that um she is severely depressed. Obviously she just cut her hair in a fucking bathroom without people knowing and when she walks out people are like didn't you have hair when you went in there? <laughs> she's like, yeah. yeah and it, then
1: she's like it's in know, the sink
0: aj if you want to make art out of it. If <laughs> you want to glue it to the floor. Yes, I love that. She's so cunty. Um, and she's also, uh, side note, dating Burko, who um, was originally supposed to be played by uh, the lead singer of Green Day.
1: Yes, Billy Armstrong.
0: Yes, but he couldn't film it because it was conflicting with touring dates. Right. And then also, side note, that role was uh, auditioned by uh, Angelina Jolie, but she didn't get it
1: which
0: how? <laughs> no, but like Robin Tooney was such a, like a little known actress at the time. How did she not get that over her? You I don't know? think
1: Angelina Jolie was a,
0: was a well-known actress at that time. She was in hackers.
1: Okay. One movie.
0: No, I know, but that movie was a big buzz movie and cult classic. That isn't like in the same vein as this movie that was released like a year before.
1: Okay, well, I mean, I don't know. Because you're. I think you're thinking of, like, Angelina Jolie now. How could they not? No, Compared no, to no. Robin Tooney. No, but, but I mean, like, They were back probably then, both in movies.
0: No, they definitely were. But love to argue. I don't love to argue. I just love to give all the facts, Lindsay. Jesus, Jesus Christ. So, at this point in the movie, this is where you get to meet. All the characters are coming in. Mark is, like, the um, stoner of the movie. But he is, like, my favorite character. He is played by Ethan Embry.
1: Yes, who is my favorite actor from the 90s. He follows me on Twitter. We have a great relationship.
0: You know who follows me on Twitter from the 90s? Who? Melissa Joan Hart. Nobody gives shit about Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Are you fucking kidding? Everyone cares about Sabrina.
1: No, because she's in... He's actually still in movies and TV shows, and she's just in Hallmark movies, so...
0: Oh, OK, cool. Perfect. Uh, Melissa. She Joan was. Hart, and
1: Robin Tooney was in Encino, man, which is a big
0: movie with Brandon Frazier before. Yeah, this. But she was like a throwaway role in that. She wasn't a big role. I just want to say before Lindsay speaks anymore, uh, Melissa Joan Hart, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. Um, Melissa I, Joan Hart is not listening to this. She follows me on Twitter.
1: We'll be lucky if
0: Melissa, our sister, is listening to this. No, she'll for sure be listening. Hey, Melissa. He'll be you me know,
1: that. mom said that she tried to listen to the Wedding Singer one and she said we didn't know what we were talking about. So she had to stop listening.
0: She also has never seen
1: that movie. Um, she thought it was Wedding Crashers, Nick. She was like, I thought one of the um, the the uh, Owen brothers were in there or whatever. Owen.
0: And yeah, I that's like, mom. Mom, you're
1: thinking of Wedding Crashers.
0: That's like a perfect uh, depiction of mom. She's a great Owen brothers, one of them. But
1: what do you mean we didn't know what we were talking about? She didn't know what we were talking about. She was like, You guys didn't even do your research or anything on it. It seemed like. Mom,
0: it's okay. We know what we're doing, okay? Unlike your parenting. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks. We're keeping that one in. Mom, I love you. You know. We all have our struggles. Um, Okay, so at this point, all of the characters, the side characters have been introduced. um, And the cool thing about this movie is all of the side characters have their own personal struggles going on in the movie. They all have their own storylines that are like interweaving in this like Shakespeare kind of like feel. You always make it more than what it is. Lindsay's not going to get that. Lindsay's not going to get that.
1: So it was so much so that your husband was
0: very confused watching this movie. And how, after I read Shakespeare, am I confused? Yes. Okay. Well, um, okay. So at this point, all of the like uh, side characters know about uh, the fact that Lucas has gambled all this money away, but Joe still doesn't know that all of them know. Um, and so he makes Lucas sit on the couch. Lucas is uh, banned there for the rest of the movie. He can't leave. Um, and, Even if he has to pee, he can't, Um, he just can't do it. Even though Lucas leaves with the cushion of the pillow later in the movie.
1: Because he's he's such a a
0: twat. And like some of the lines in the movie that he says, like Joe is like, um, it's it's something about like, what did you think like would happen? And he's like, what what does anyone know is going to happen? You know, it's always like ominous, like things that he's saying that have no, I like no real effect on what's happening
1: yes he's he just doesn't make sense that's why i don't like him either because he he talks like that like he he made a big mistake and instead of like genuinely sorry for it he makes all these weird
0: dr seuss
1: riddles fucking yeah yeah idiot i just couldn't that's part of it. i just couldn't stand him i would have punched him in the face and fired him
0: i have no tolerance for that And at one point in the movie, Joe is like, uh, like not wanting to call his boss to tell him what has happened. And he's like, what do you want me to do? You want me to call him? And Lucas is like, that would seem like a good option. Right. Which is like wild. At this point, um, Lucas has left the couch because he wants to go pee. Um, This day at the Empire Records is Rex Manning day. Okay. And if you look, at the uh, the poster that's posted outside, it is April 8th, okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: April 8th is always Rex meaning day, to this day. Yep, and what is also significant in the 90s about April 8th, Lindsay? Uh,
1: Kurt Cobain.
0: Yes, okay, so the writer of this movie that, that was so excited about it because it was like uh, about the alternative rock scene at that time, they added that day, because that was the day that Kurt Cobain died, and they wanted it to be like a symbol of like a rock star dying.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, Lindsay. I don't
1: get it because it's like a, it's like a lot of people like Kurt Cobain and like wouldn't like celebrate that day.
0: No, well, I know, like but Greg it was Manning just
1: Manning is such an over the top like douchebag. This like why I don't I don't understand. I think I it was just understand. like understand. <laughs> th-
0: make it make sense. I think it was just one of those like little things that the production was trying to add into. uh satisfied the writer who that was the real intention of it you know right and so um while 16 candles was a snapshot of teens in the 80s this movie is referred to as uh, a snapshot of teens in the 90s it is like very well known for that did you get that from buzzfeed um, no, I got this from a couple articles because they did my fucking research. I have okay?
1: papers of research. I'm not just looking at the articles right now on my phone. Okay? Right here.
0: Okay. Okay, here we go. This is my lady. Um, <laughs> uh, at this point in the movie, uh, Burko comes in to check on his uh, girlfriend, who is Deb at the time.
1: Which they don't say in the actual version what happened, but something happened because bitch came to the store and shaved her head that day and...
0: No, but I don't, I I don't necessarily believe that that had anything to do with Burko. I believe that that just had to do with her mental state in general.
1: But she said when she said he apologized or something for the last night and she was like, don't worry about it. It's not about you, but it's obviously nope. about you.
0: No, but I don't think it is. I think that she's just one of those girls who builds up everything until it's a problem for her and then like explodes. And so I don't necessarily believe that it was something that he did. It might have triggered it, but I don't believe that it was a solely her emotion was based off of that.
1: But we don't know that because we weren't there
0: yeah and I saw the r rated version and it didn't reference that, so <laughs> but fun fact burko um the character who played burko, what's his name? Coyote something, yeah, what a great name, coyote, fucking druggy parents um coyote so, shivers, great, they probably picked his last name too that's cool. probably not even his real fucking name coyote shiver. In the Nevada desert. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Um, but the character who played Burko Coyote Shivers, he um, actually lied about his age. He was 29 to get the part of a child.
1: Uh, yeah. and But we have way too many facts about this guy who is very minimal in this
0: movie. No, it's... it's I'm just it's, telling you. <laughs> I'm just telling you. We're not that far. We're we're pretty far along in the movie. Come on.
1: No, okay. absolutely not. <laughs> We've probably still got a good 40 minutes, an hour left.
0: No. I'm so 40 this, minutes in. So at this point, they're prepping for Rex Manning being there. He's about to arrive. And um, as Rex Manning gets out of the car with his um, uh, assistant or whatever his, Mm -hmm. I forget her name. I don't
1: know her name either, but she's the assistant.
0: Yeah. And she's also the villain in uh, Beethoven 2. Wow. (laughs) I remember that because I never forget people stealing puppies from people. I never forget that. It's a crime. Glenn Coates, you fucking hear me, Glenn Coates? Was
1: one close in anything else except 101 Dalmatians?
0: Um, uh, Old Yeller. He tied the dog to a tree and shot him. That's fucked up. Isn't that what happened? No, like close wasn't in that movie. No, Lindsay, and that he's she's also not a he. I'm just saying in that movie. I I was getting confused. The lead character in that movie at the end ties the dog up to a tree and shoots him. Yes. So that's another movie. I'd love to see it. (laughs) I'd love to see a Labrador just lose its life. I've never (laughs) seen that that movie. movie. It's okay. It's okay. okay. Go watch Fox and the Hound. Uh, You'll be fine. (laughs) I love that that. movie. I love that. It's not as good as Aristocats, but... We're the best of friends. You're the best of
1: friends.
0: Great. Sidetrack. Okay. So at this point in the movie, this is where Joe finds out that everyone knows about it. Okay.
1: Sidetrack. You've given us 75 facts about Coyote (gasps) Shivers so far.
0: Because it's important. Okay. Go. Joe finds out. Okay, so Joe finds out that um, everyone pretty much knows and he's pissed at this point because um, there's a lot of dance scenes that happen in this movie where like they're playing music in the Empire Records and there's a lot of just like random dancing that happens with uh, customers that that would never happen.
1: This made me want to work at a record store. when I was. It 13. really did.
0: It made me want to have a job. Yeah. And I don't I don't believe in working. You know what I mean?
1: Working is for the poor.
0: Working is for people who are not financially stable. No, I'm okay, just kidding. Don't I'm cancel just kidding. us. We're joking. No, working is for hardworking people, and some of us aren't as good at that. <laughs> I'm going to say me, not Lindsay. She's very good. She has three kids, and she's still pursuing a fucking degree. I was going to okay. say something else, but okay, you were going to say something cunty, and then I came back with something positive. In no, really-
1: I wasn't. I was. I was going to say something cunty about you but I know you won't cut it from the fucking episode. So I'm not going to say it.
0: She's learning guys. She's learning. Okay. So at this point in the movie, this is where we get introduced um, as Lucas is trying to go pee. uh, He takes a cushion with him uh, from the leopard couch. Okay. And this is where we get to meet a thief. I don't know his name. Warren. Warren, who should have warrants out for his arrest because he's wearing a fucking jacket and stealing CDs and like, doing the de-censor on them. He is, like, prepared, okay? Have you
1: ever stolen something?
0: Um, yes. For mom, even.
1: For mom?
0: Yep. This is our role model, ladies and gentlemen. Shut up. It's just, like, if your parents' guilt will make you do a lot. Where What did you steal f- for her? L- Lindsay, I don't remember. It's been a sketchy past for me.
1: You just don't want to say it on the podcast in case it,
0: the limitations have not been too long yet oh my gosh i think it broke out on your end i don't know what happened there no i'm just kidding you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um so at this point in the movie uh renee zellweger as a dance party is happening with all the fucking guests in the fucking empire records um they play the song money and they're like this song is dedicated to lucas and the lyrics of the song are i want money that's what i want that's what i want okay and and joe gets
1: hella pissed as because, he should
0: because renee zellweger is like he, lucas loves money and then it pauses and lets the song play for a minute and she's like joe's money <laughs> and it literally like triggers him
1: well if somebody stole nine thousand dollars from you and then they all made a big joke about it
0: yeah it
1: wild
0: Yes. Okay. So at this point, this is where Joe comes out and interrupts the music that's being played. And then it plays a little siren noise. Every time they stop music, it plays a little siren noise. Um, And he comes out and basically gives everyone in the uh, break room a music city
1: music town music
0: town music town like orange aprons that they wear um and then he gives them a list of things that they cannot do anymore like no visible tattoos no skimpy clothing and uh this is where renee zellweger and robin Tooney have a funny scene where they're like reading it and they're like uh no visible tattoos and then renee's like no skimpy clothing and they're like uh Robin Tooney's like, How are you gonna survive? And she's like, Okay, let's stop arguing. Let's just rip this up. And they rip up the uh, like the contract together. And it's cute.
1: Yeah. I like their relationship because they're just digging on each other the whole time.
0: Yes. And they're mean to each other. And then Renee always ends it by being like, Okay, uh, there's no need to be bitter. You just shaved your head. Guys are gonna come (laughs) running. I just love her character in this movie. And the fact that like, she wasn't even supposed to be in this movie until someone suggested her, I think it's just like really funny. Yeah. Okay, so at this point, Warren is stealing from the store and Lucas with his fucking cushion in tow realizes he's stealing and is like trying to make conversation with him. Um, And then he runs out of the store and this is where Mark is yells, (laughs) shoplifter! And it's so funny.
1: And everybody waiting in line to meet Rex Manning and get a show watching Lucas chase Warren
0: around. Yes. And but then re-
1: Lucas doesn't have the, the couch cushion anymore. So
0: he broke the rules. He left Yeah, the he left it in the store. Um, Warren runs out of the store and then Lucas in this movie just appears from dropping from the ceiling a couple of times. He uh, jumps in front of Warren when he's trying to leave. Uh, when people can't find him at the beginning of the movie, they're like, where's Lucas? And then all of a sudden he just like comes down in like, yeah, the very storm. Michael Myers, very creepy. Um, yeah. Michael Myers. I don't think I've ever seen him drop from a ceiling except in H2O. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah. you have seen him drop from the ceiling. Okay. So what cool. the fuck are you talking about? Okay, anger. Um, so at this point, uh, Warren, is, they're yeah. calling cops on Warren, and um, Warren is realizing just from hearing people in the break room that Lucas has stole money, and so when the cops get there, they've taken mug shots with him with, like, a Polaroid, and he's, like, taking pictures with the CDs he stole, and then this is where... Uh, Rex Manning comes in and does like a photo shoot with him as he stole the stuff. He's like taking pictures and Polaroids with him. <laughs> it's so funny. Rex um, Manning is
1: the biggest, like just picture the biggest douchebag person. The and biggest And Rex twat.
0: Manning. Yes. Before we talk about what happens to Warren when the cops get there, there's a scene that happens right before this where it is lunch and Rex Manning is about to take his lunch and someone else is supposed to take it to him. But uh, Corey, since she's in love with him, goes into Joe and is like, I want to take Rex's lunch. And Joe's like, no, we already have someone doing that. And she's like, no, I want to take him as lunch. And Joe's like, listen, we already have someone. And then she screams, I'm bringing his lunch, and you know she gets like all excited about it, and Joe is like, "Okay,
1: okay, that's fine. Okay, like that that's mine.
0: fine." You don't, and you don't, and you don't piss off the like princess of rock at the time, you know?
1: I mean, I'm just saying, I don't understand why she wanted to lose her virginity to Rex Manning. I don't get it.
0: I don't get it at all. At all. And. Also, uh, this is the scene where he comes into the room and he's about to eat, okay? And they have this whole, like, spread set up for him. Um, She kicks Mark out of the room because Mark is the person that brings Rex to the room. Um, And she shuts the door and pushes him out. And she's, like, sitting on, like, a fucking desk with her legs spread. Like, you want to eat this? I don't remember that. Was that an extra? No, that was in the original, Lindsay. Um, and as she's sitting there and he, she's like, you must be really hungry from working up all of your appetite from signing all that stuff. And he's like, uh, yeah, but this will be filling enough. And that she pretty much is just like-
1: Throws herself at him.
0: Throws herself at him. Um, and she's talking about how she loved him as a child. And he's like, you must've been a baby back then. And then immediately she takes off her top And exposes her red bra and is like, I'm not a baby anymore. And
1: then she takes off her skirt.
0: And and that's my biggest problem. She's wearing a red lace bra and then white fucking panties. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: They're not granny panties. They're like, I think they're supposed to symbolize like virgin.
0: They're pure white. pure,
1: yeah. Whatever. But she and then... E- almost immediately he's like rock and roll and zips his pants and i guess she just doesn't like the way he's i think she thought That's he would be it. more sweet. romantic and sweet and he was just like ready to bang and so she got dressed and ran to the roof
0: yes okay now in the r-rated version the version that i saw he doesn't say rock and roll after he undoes his pants he says Do you, he undoes his pants and then he has a blue cheese, like dressing in his hand. And he says, I hope you like blue cheese and shakes it up. No, you're lying. I'm not fucking kidding.
1: You're lying. I'm not kidding. Well, no wonder she left. Yeah, that was disgusting. Who wants to suck blue cheese
0: off a dick? Yeah, big old chunks of blue cheese. I got to chew up. That's disgusting. Yep. And that was supposed to be in the original, but they made a PG-13 and it wasn't in there. Um, Thank God. Yes. And so after she has this mental breakdown with him that he isn't the guy she thought he was, um, AJ, the guy who really loves her, the artist comes up to the roof as she's breaking down and he just wants to talk to her. Um, And she basically tells, he says that he loves her at that moment when she's dealing with the fact that she just threw herself at Rex Manning. And so she's not dealing with it well and he doesn't understand. And then she tells him that she threw herself at him.
1: And then AJ gets a little upset.
0: Walks around just doing art everywhere he can, outside, he does it everywhere. Yeah. It's wild. Now, after this, this is where um, Renee Zellweger is sitting with uh, Rex Manning at his signing table. And she's like, I just don't know. I have a gift for guessing what color guy's underwear is.
1: No, let's go back. Because this is a scene that when I was a teenager, I was like, what a bitch Renee
0: Zellweger's character is
1: for doing this. And I'm watching it again. They her and Corey go to who is Liv Tyler's character. Go to a pizza place for lunch, and yep. she, Corey's all upset about the Rex Manning thing, and she's like, "I'm not like I'm not good with guys like you are. I don't have to sleep with everyone," and that hurt Gina's feelings.
0: Yeah, even and it was uh, Liv Tyler took the red bra off and gave it to her at like an outside table.
1: Yeah, and it was just it was uncalled for. You call your friend a slut. So yeah. then Gina goes back and starts
0: flirting with Rex Manning, like slut. I'll show you slut.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Yes. And, and like the thing is, is in this movie, I think at this point, uh, Gina is doing this to get back at her to show her right. that, like, I know you have your own problems that you're not showing right now, but I'm going to not bring those up and I'm going to do something that's going to piss you off because I feel hurt. Right. Which is how I feel like any girl would act in that situation if she was like, now. He's trying to help her. He's <laughs> trying to help her the entire movie. Yeah, like, no,
1: but I'm saying now, did Gina suck blue cheese off
0: his dick, or did he bring that up again? I don't know. The, it cuts to a scene where Gina goes into the break room, and then right after that, Rex goes into the break room, and Lucas is still sitting on the couch because he's being punished, and he sees them both walk in there and he's like kind of bewildered like what is going on and then he, uh Rex Manning shuts the door pulls his pants down and he's like well the million dollar question
1: and she was right about the underwear they and she fucked
0: to... him she fucked him on a copy machine gosh yeah, she did and she didn't care they let the copies still go okay
1: yeah and they sent him to live Tyler's character okay.
0: Yes, now at this point, <laughs> Lib Tyler is bringing her uh, her register in to check out for the day. And she's trying to get into the office and guess who's in the office fucking, we already told you. Um, and so she can't get in the door and she's like, well, where is Gina? And then everyone's looking around awkwardly and she's like, uh, where is Rex? And then she drops her cash register drawer and it goes all over the floor. And then this is where Gina comes in and this is where they have a big fight.
1: Uh, because she has like a bit of a meltdown for someone who just called her best friend slut, and I don't understand why she's so upset about it. She knows what a piece of shit
0: is. She no, just I ran know. out of the room. But at this point, I think because of the um, at this point in the movie, you find out uh, Gina. Goes up to Corey and is like, oh, I'd be able to study all day, too, and be perfect if I had. What are these? And then she goes to her cubby and finds, like, this little uh, silver ceramicin that has, like, diet pills in it. And this is where you find out that Corey has been on diet pills the whole movie. We've seen her take pick, uh, take them during the movie. And this is where Renee confronts her about it and starts throwing them at her and is like, I, per, you're so perfect. You're so perfect um and i think that it just goes to show um that these are people that are dealing with their own problems and trying to figure out how it is working in this situation this is also where rex gets called out by everyone and he walks out of the room after having sex with her and is like what no applause
1: douchebag i'm telling you douchebag so they boot him out they say get the fuck out
0: they boot him Combat. out. And in the original version, he says, like, I, why don't you all just disappear? But in the R-rated version, they call him a, a sellout. And he's like, sellout? Maybe. And then he leaves. What? <gasps> yep.
1: That's so weird. Then yeah. after Gina calls, you know, puts all of Corey's business out there. Corey Corey has a meltdown and starts stabbing Rex Manning's cardboard cutout with scissors. And they have to, like, pull her in. And Robin Tooney's character takes her in the bathroom and puts her
0: face into cold water. Yes. And then in this scene, it's a very sweet scene with them, like, connecting. And the minute they start to connect um, and Liv has put water on her face for, like, the second time, this is where Robin goes and takes off her pants and then goes piss right behind her. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like I know that girls like have a special connection, but that just seemed weird to me.
1: I think it was just like a comfortable thing. But then she didn't get too comfortable because when Liv Tyler's character asked, why are you being so nice to me? She was like, let's keep our little Hallmark moment and then walked out.
0: No, yeah. Not too you can- close. Too close. Yeah, you can definitely see Robin Tooney's character is not okay with being emotional in front of people. Yes. um, At all. Um, But uh, it's technically the end of Liv Tyler's shift, and they've already had this fight with um, Renee Zellweger, and this is where um, Liv thinks it's a great idea um, to have a funeral for Robin Tooney since she wanted to kill herself.
1: Yes. I think she she was just... I think it was coming from a good place. Like, we need to... It was, yeah,
0: yeah. Show her
1: I, how much it we was, would miss her.
0: Yes, it was to bring realization to Robin that like Robin uh, tried to commit suicide the night before by cutting her wrists with a plastic lady, like pink razor, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and it took forever for the plastic just to cut through her skin. And so that makes it even more sad that like she took all that effort to do that. Yeah. And so uh, Liv Tyler wants to have a funeral for her to show her how much she would be missed. And um, this is where Mark is standing at the cashier register and all these people are coming in uh, buying records and he's the only one at the register and he's like losing his shit and it's like calling for help on the intercom because in the middle of her like pretend funeral. Yes. And so uh, Robin Tooney lays on the makeshift coffin that they made on a fucking table and um she all of them are saying the things that they love about her even burko is saying like that he really loves her and that he like is sorry for the things that he's done pretty much
1: right would you want that to happen
0: um no i would be personally offended if um people handed out um invitations to a funeral while i was working
1: But what if you just tried to kill yourself and they were just trying to show you how much you would be missed if you actually did that?
0: I have never wanted to kill myself, so I can't put myself in that situation. But uh, as a person who, I would just be offended if they made a showcase of it.
1: You wouldn't want to know what people say when you're dead? No. Mm.
0: You want people, you want to know what people say? I wouldn't
1: want like a fake funeral, but... I wish there was a way after you died to be able to see what people are saying at your funeral.
0: Well, you never know. We could. Okay. I don't know. Science. God. Do you believe in him? No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Science
1: and God are not the same thing.
0: Well, okay. People argue that, um, but uh, <laughs>
1: it, at- there's no arguing there. They are two different things. They would just argue which one was right.
0: Yeah, I know, but some people are stupid. Lindsay, you have to keep that in mind. People are, Yo, mama. People are still making racist comments. So that's true. <laughs> what is happening in our world? Um, so at this point, um, this is where Gina walks in and everyone thought that she went home um, and uh, this is right where Corey is saying like her piece to Robin and it's really emotional and she's saying that how much she would miss her and how much she loves her and that she thinks she's so much stronger than her and this is where um, Renee Zellweger walks in and is like, You're just as strong. Now this is where uh, Liv and Renee like connect again and everyone is kind of like um, at the point where they're just trying to survive this situation. They know that uh, Empire Records is gonna be shut down and made into Music Town and they, uh, Mark has a great idea while this is all going on. He runs outside because uh, it is just being filmed outside by the news crew because of the um, robbery that happened earlier in the day from Warren. Um, well, no, so, because Warren comes
1: back with a gun.
0: Well, yes, I forgot that, and that's why the news crew is there. Yeah, he comes in, and he's like, "I told you, you'd be sorry." <laughs> you know, he <laughs> says, he, and uh, he comes back in with a gun, and it's just basically like, um, "You let Lucas stay here," and uh, he's like, "Are you going to give me a job?" And then you find out that that's really all he wants is just a job.
1: And they don't even—he's not arrested at the end of the movie because he's at the party. So it's like no but he you- gets
0: a ar- he gets arrested and they make him a name tag, and then he goes to a police station and he is released later that night. for that shooting That happened
1: so quick from shooting up the place?
0: I don't know. this is nineties. things are different
1: okay anyways, party happens.
0: So Mark goes outside uh, as they're filming, the news crew's filming and he's like, yeah, I was inside, I am a witness. And uh, they start interviewing him and he's like, you know what, this happened here today, but that's not important. The important thing is is like, let's save the empire. And then he starts like interrupting the guy and like trying to get people to come and like uh, publicize that they're having an event that night to save the empire. Um, And uh, after this, a whole bunch of people just flood empire records.
1: Yes. And they start taking donations. Yep. To, I'm guessing, recoup the, the money that Lucas spent.
0: Yep. And they have it in like an old, like a, a clear, like a, a cheese ball container. You yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. That's the only thing I can symbolize it to. Yeah. Um, And so all these people are coming and they're raising money. And um, even uh, Rex Manning's old manager who had quit the job after everyone made her feel bad for uh, supporting him. um, She like helps them uh, mark out $10 admission and put $20 to like, try to subsidize people coming and like supporting.
1: Yeah. And they have beer and music.
0: Yeah. They have beer and the beer is not supposed to be sold on like just street property, you know, but Joe is like, fuck it. We're already losing this business. You know what I mean? We might as well just do it. Yeah. Also in this movie, we never mentioned the character Eddie. Eddie works at the pizza shop um, and he is also an employee of the empire records. Um, In this movie, the R rated version, um, he was supposed to be known as the drug dealer. He even sells pot brownies to Mark in the movie. But because it was only PG-13, you will notice that in the movie, there is no mention of him selling the weed.
1: No, but there is a mention of him eating the br- Mark eating the brownies and having that, like, psychedelic, like, yeah. moment where he's on stage. With, like, the band. The yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: eating, Getting eaten by a monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But in the movie, since it's PG-13, they never mentioned that it was weed brownies that he bought. He doesn't nope. ever say that. And you so just that- kind of assume. No, you know, yeah, you know, it's Mark, he is high, this is what's gonna happen, you know? Um, And so at this point in the movie, everyone is flooding it. And um, this is where Burko's band goes on the, like the top of the Empire Records building. And he's singing with his band. And this is where Renee Zellweger, you found out earlier in the funeral scene that Renee Zellweger always wanted to be in a band. She always wanted to like be a singer. And this was her chance. Burko was giving her the opportunity. And she, this is her first singing debut in any movie. Most people think that it was Chicago, but this is it.
1: And she did a great job. I've never seen Chicago.
0: You've never seen Chicago? No. It's really I mean, good. I've seen the city. No, yeah, yeah. We We grew <laughs> up in the Quad Cities, so we've seen it, yeah. But um, yes, at this point, this is where the owner comes in. Uh, Joe's like boss comes in and Joe hands him the cheese ball thing with full of money. Um, and he's like, I'll make you a deal. I'll sell this to you right now. I don't even care what's in here. And as uh, he makes the deal with Joe, Joe walks away and is like, asshole. <laughs> Which is so unrealistic, too. Like, he's just going to sell it for whatever's in that fucking jar. No, I know it is kind of unrealistic, but it is uh, the point in the movie where you're realizing that um, they say, damn the man, the whole movie. And this is the point where they're like, finally like beating the man. Yep. And so at this point, the um, they've already raised enough funds. Everything is coming back up. um, And this is where you see Liv Tyler on the roof. um, And the lights still aren't on for empire records yet. uh, Like the outside of it and they're trying to figure out how to get them to work. Cause the whole movie, this this establishment is made to seem like it's run down. Right. And so uh, AJ goes up there uh, and Liv says that he's stupid and like basically says that she loves him and does it in a way that isn't her admitting that she was wrong earlier. It's her just being like, these are the things that you're doing wrong and like, you're stupid, you should go to this school cause you're talented and like, you know yeah and they really don't like Liv tyler very much not in this movie i just can't see the likelihood of someone throwing themselves at an artist who they've never met before and like thinking that it's plausible that they could fuck
1: there are probably many girls who have thrown themselves at musicians for one night the first time meeting and have fucked
0: no i know there's people who have done that to me and i was only on just tv
1: and you were like i'm gay
0: but they were dudes. So I was um, like,
1: "Why said girls and you said it happened to you.
0: No, the only girls that are interested in me from the voice are 13 year olds. Okay. <laughs> Which is apparently my fan base now. I don't know. Hi Jamie. Jamie Carlson represent lady. Um. So at this point in the movie, the love has been found and empire records is saved. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to read through the things that I haven't told you about in this movie. If I haven't, By the way, while this movie was being filmed, where was it being filmed, Lindsay?
1: In Wilmington, North Carolina, which is one of my favorite places I want to visit there because a lot of movies that I really like have been filmed there, like A Walk to Remember, I Know What You Did Last Summer, the TV shows Dawson's Creek and One Tree Hill. So
0: it's a big place for movies. While this movie was being filmed, um, the cast was actually put up in like beach houses in the area yeah and so that was the way that they could get them to stay um i will tell you that they had plans because of the bodyguard they wanted the soundtrack to make a lot more money than the movie that was how it worked for bodyguard um this movie was 10 million dollars was their like set um like budget um and for the 10 million dollars this movie only made two hundred and fifty thousand dollars.
1: yeah so the the soundtrack did do
0: much better no, and As this movie,
1: mention.
0: this movie was supposed to be released in a uh, hundred and two thousand theaters with a marketing campaign. But because the studio didn't believe in it and thought that it was going to bomb, it was uh, the marketing campaign was uh, null and void, and they only released it in eighty-seven theaters.
1: I swear to God, like I saw, was saying earlier, I swear to God, every single movie we like and we pick for this podcast is just like that. That always bomb in theaters for monster squad don't tell mom the babysitter's dead drop dead gorgeous every single one of those movies are they never do well in theaters and i don't know what the draw is years later to. maybe it's because we grew up with them that we like them now i don't know what yeah. it is but they have a huge cult classic cult following now too just like monster squad just like uh don't tell mom the babysitter's dead
0: oh yeah who is your favorite character in this movie you can give me two
1: Um, well, I like Corey and AJ.
0: Okay. I I
1: like Mark, but I like Mark just because I like Ethan Embry so much.
0: Yeah.
1: But if I had to pick a character, it would be AJ or, or Joe. I like Joe because he, he like tries to protect Lucas when he really shouldn't be. Lucas is an idiot. Like, what are you
0: thinking? My least favorite character in this movie is Lucas. Okay, I would say my favorite character in the movie is Mark because Mark always tries to make positive out of negatives. He, uh, the whole movie he's trying to like, and he's like the the comedic relief. Like even when he's announcing it's Rex Manning day, he's like, we can't be angry on a day like today because it's Rex Manning day. It's like really, it's really cute. And then I would say my second favorite character is probably Lucas who what is likable about him i like lucas because even in the face of adversity where he like he literally only gambled all that money so he could try to save it it was a stupid idea because it was it just gambled all the money that like joe was already had a plan in place to try to save empire um but lucas was thinking he was helping And so his initial mistake was made because he was genuinely trying to do the best thing for the store that he thought he could do.
1: Yes. But when he made that mistake, he didn't come back and be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. He acted like a complete idiot.
0: Yeah, because he needed his fatherly advice of Joe to make him realize that it was a mistake and that he did fuck up. That's his dad in this movie, essentially.
1: He didn't think he fucked up. He needed Joe to tell him that.
0: No, I know, but he's like most men—too proud to admit that they were wrong. I don't think that that's the case. You know that most men don't admit they were wrong. I,
1: I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't look that deeply at this movie. Lindsay, you were how- like, it was, oh, it was just such a growing period for him. No, he's just an idiot. No, I know. Let's just call
0: it what it is. No, I know. But that's the cool thing about getting two people's perspectives of a story is like your story. I am a empath, so I deal with people's emotions and I like really connect with them because I care he's more. These are
1: movie characters, though. No,
0: I know, Lindsay, but I care more about like other people's feelings than my own most of the time.
1: I can't be arguing with you right now because I'm I'm we're not arguing. Lizzie, uh, we're I'm having a, Virgo a conversation. and
0: I think we're, you're bullshitting right now. OK, cool. So having emotions is bullshit. Great, Lindsay. This is great. Um, yes. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Chaotic Cinema. Thanks for the memories. And nightmares. It's always a delay. Always. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh,
1: because I do. I always think you're going to say it. And no i go. always so leave that I,
0: for you just yeah. for future reference Lindsay, i'm always leaving it for you i'm, I'm just, just... for future reference i'm always gonna pause okay that's fine i'll just edit it <laughs> Um, Yes, but this was Lindsay's pick this week. Uh, Next week, we are doing uh, a movie that we were supposed to shoot yesterday, and that would have been the 25th anniversary of the movie. Um, If that doesn't give you a hint, um, I'll tell you that it involves strong winds and uh, chaotic weather. (laughs) Um, That's all I'm going to say at this point.
1: And it has Bill Paxton and... Helen Hunt. Bill Paxton?
0: Yeah, Bill Paxton. And Helen Hunt. That is the uh, tune in next week, because that is the movie that I have all of the extra details about. I have like every single one, because honestly, the movie is Twister. Um, It is my pick, um, and it is because when I was little, I was obsessed with this movie because I always thought that I could survive a tornado because they pick you up and you're running and then it subsides and you're still running. If you keep your footing, you could survive. Yeah, and so anybody who's
1: died in Twister, I mean, you should have just, just run. And yeah, you should have just,
0: mine. you should have just believed in yourself, I guess. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> such an, you're such an empath. No, it's good. Um, but yes, this next week's episode is going to have a lot of things that you didn't know about Twister because there is a lot of drama that happened on the set before this was even filmed. Ooh, I didn't, see, I didn't read anything about this movie, so. I'm gonna give you I'm one here for tid- the tea. I'm going to give you one tidbit right now, Okay. While they were filming the F5 uh, like scenes for the tornado in Twister, they used a light that was not meant to be on people's eyes. And this was a scene that uh, was filmed with Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt and the lights were so bright that it burnt their eyes and they couldn't film for two days because they had to wait for the scars on their eyes to heal. Yikes bonanzas um you'll find out more tidbits about this next week if you tune in to chaotic cinema thanks for the memories and nightmares <laughs> we'll get it i swear to god we'll get it one day um yes thank you guys for listening um and listening to two siblings just rival over their opinions of movies that we both loved and um we're trying to argue why we love them more and why that's right
1: <laughs> yeah I mean, I love this movie more, but.
0: This movie's over now. Okay. And you're over. Bye. Oh, you're over. All right. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Chaotic Cinema. Thanks for the memories. And or nightmares. I just delayed it because that's what Lindsay does all the time. Um, Yes, guys, we have made our way through a lot of great movies, but we still have so many more in store. So please keep tuned in and please don't be racist. I know we started the episode with a lot of trivial things that are happening in the world, but to me, they're not trivial. And if they are to you, then that means you might be a part of the problem, like Lindsay said. So please be a good person. Because what else are you gonna be?